The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, this is Pastor Sharam Hadian, and I thank you for joining us for another episode of Truth and Love Radio. We are going to jump back in to a message and a topic that I discussed on part one of our program here with you on the last show that I think is one of the most under-taught, preached message in the church today. In fact, I would suspect most pastors and churches wouldn't want to touch us with a 10-foot pole because they would see it as as somehow unloving. Uh, The message that I'm speaking of is, uh, and best way to, I guess, to explain it to you is to go back to our title. Uh, The title of this program is True Love, Why I Hate Islam with a Perfect Hatred. Why I, or any of us as believers, should hate Islam with a perfect hatred. Now, if you listen to part one, you know that we discussed from Psalm 139, the teaching of the scriptures about the fact that what God hates, I should hate. Uh, That I should hate wicked men, bloodthirsty men, those who defame God, slander God, blaspheme God's name. This is what we looked at last time in the scriptures. In fact, let me read the verses that we covered for you, and I want to read a couple other verses, and then we'll, we'll dig in. So why would I make a statement so strong about Islam? And is it is it biblical? Is it biblical for me as a Christian to say that I want to hate that which God hates with a perfect hatred? So I'm going back to Psalm 139 in verse 19. Let me read this again as review from what we covered last time, and I'll share with you a couple other verses. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men. For they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? Verse 22. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Now we have to understand that this is a... This is a imprecatory prayer it's an imprecatory crying out that when david says that oh you would slay the wicked oh god he's not saying that he wants to do it he's asking god to bring divine justice just as as i mentioned on the last program god did against king ahab god brought divine justice against king ahab but god raised up jehu to come against jezebel because there was such an evil and such 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 a wickedness that there was no redeeming of it so we're called to hate that which God hates, not the individual, because we know in the New Testament that the scriptures tell us, Jesus said, to love your enemies, to pray for those who hate you. So we're not hating the individual per se, but we're hating the sin, the action, the evil, the ideology. And in this case, when we're talking about Islam, we're not talking about hating an individual Muslim. We're talking about hating this ideology. So I'm going to make the case for you again on this program and on our next program at least, two, this one and the next one at least, why why we should hate Islam as an ideology, as Christians, as Christ followers. 
But before I do that, let me quickly again review this verse. I hate them with perfect hatred. I shared with you that in the original language, the word there for hate is the word sane, the Greek word sane, which means hate or detest. And when it says the word uh, for the word for perfect there, again, I covered this with you. It's the word takleth in the Hebrew, which means that there is a boundary that God has set or a completeness. So we're supposed to hate to that boundary that God has set for godly hate, godly anger. Don't cross it. I confess to you that I have crossed that once or twice or a few times, especially as we see more evil in our world and more evil manifesting in our world and even in the church. So therefore, yes, I have crossed that line and uh, I want to be like David that he says in verse 23 and 24, Lord, search me, O God, know my heart, try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, that's my prayer. Father, if I let the anger or the hatred go beyond the boundary of what is righteous, Lord, remove it from me. Forgive me. I want to repent. I want to walk in the way that is everlasting. I don't want to walk in the way of the wicked. But Father, allow me to hate perfectly as you hate. To walk up to that boundary, uh, to bring hate to a completeness, that, that meaning that, that, that the righteous anger and hatred of God is coming to a completion. And then once it's completed, it will, the wrath of God is poured out on those who, who are doing evil. And guess what? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, according to Scripture, the wrath of God will be poured out against Islam. All the evil that Islam has done for 1,400 years, God will eventually pour out his wrath on Islam. He will destroy this ideology. He will destroy many nations that are Islamic nations. We know this from Ezekiel 38, from Psalm 83. Every nation that is listed in Psalm 83 and it is an imprecatory prayer, uh, and I believe Psalm 83 will be a supernatural battle that the Lord will win that and come against those nations at his second coming. It's my belief that I'll be at the second coming, uh, and he will strike down those nations by the by his mouth, by the word coming out of his mouth. Remember the sword of the Spirit, what looked like a sword coming out of his mouth in the book of Revelation? He will come and speak judgment and destruction against these nations. And every nation that is listed in Psalm 83 is an Islamic nation. And almost every nation that is listed in Ezekiel 38, that I believe is the battle, Gog-Magog battle, that will probably be at the beginning of the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation period. Every nation except for Russia is an Islamic country. So God will pour out his wrath of, of anger and hatred against these Islamic nations and Islam as an ideology. It will be destroyed. I guarantee you. I have no doubt in my mind. Praise God. However, in the meantime, we're not supposed to be playing footsies with it. We're not supposed to be having interfaith dialogue and inviting Islam into our churches. We're not supposed to be saying to people that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. That Islam is Abrahamic and we have a lot in common and there's a common word between the Bible and the Quran. And you're going to see the example that I'm going to give you from, from, from the interfaith movement of what's exactly happening in these, uh, at the hands, at the hands of these, uh, fake churches and lukewarm, naive, compromised Christians, uh, and I use the word Christians loosely, that are actually, uh, uh, conspiring with Islam 
and Islamic entities to turn on true Christians. Before I do that, let me share with you just a couple more verses. We looked at Psalm 97.10. You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Let's look at this one, Romans 12.9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. This gets back to my uh, title for this program, True Love. The true love of God is to hate that which is evil. If you have true love, that love must be sincere, Paul is saying. And sincere love hates what is evil. Did you hear that one more time, folks? Sincere love is love that hates what is evil. It is love that clings to what is good and love that hates what is evil. Now, not the individual. Again, when I see a Muslim down the street walking in the grocery store or who's a neighbor or a coworker, I don't want to have individual, I don't want to have hatred in my heart for that individual person, individual Muslim. You understand? I don't want to hate that individual. I'm, I'm glad that somebody didn't hate me so much that they weren't willing to share the gospel. I'm glad that someone loved me enough and sincerely to share the gospel with me that set me free from this darkness that is Islam. Folks, that's true love. That's sincere love. Not love that says we should embrace what is evil. Not love that says, oh, Islam is wonderful and tolerant and peaceful and, 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 and it, it, it's the same God and it's an inner faith and it's, it's an Abrahamic faith. All of these lies that are being perpetrated on our world and in our nation and in, upon the church. Again, I encourage you to get a copy of our Trojan Horse of Interfaith Dialogue DVD, our brand new DVD that has come out, available on our website at tillproject.com under the order tab. This is a critical, critical message for this interfaith dialogue is, is really now the main mode and operation of the enemy. Satanic strategy, as I spell out in the DVD, satanic strategy by the Muslim Brotherhood, by the Islamists to suck in naive and compromised Christians and Christian churches. Some we would argue are not even, even Christians based on their fruit and to turn them against true Christians, and to, to bring confusion and deception, and it's a national security threat. Um, let me read to you just a couple more passages here, going to uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 8, in verse 13 to 25. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Okay, There are things, church, that we're supposed to hate. We're supposed to hate pride. We're supposed to hate arrogance, hate perverse speech. Now, can there be forgiveness for those things? Of course they can if there is repentance. Just as there can be forgiveness for someone who's following Islam as I did. Thank God God forgave me. Just as there can be forgiveness for someone who is steeped in a homosexual lifestyle. Praise God there's redemption and forgiveness. Just as there's forgiveness for someone who has uh, committed the sin of abortion. Our God is a merciful God. Our God is a righteous God. Our, God. our God is a redeeming God. Our God is a God who can restore us if we repent. The verse goes on the same Proverbs. Uh, counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. And then it goes on to talk about be 
by me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles all who rule the earth. I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. That's what the Lord is saying. And that's what that's that's what the 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 the, the uh, Solomon, uh, who who we know was responsible for the Proverbs, uh, is being led by the Spirit of God to say these things. So the Lord is speaking about His sovereignty, His 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 authority, and 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 our leaders are supposed to have counsel and sound judgment. They're supposed to they're supposed to rule and reign justly, and when they don't and they're committing evil, then we're supposed to pray an imprecatory prayer against them, just like in Psalm 139. Lord, slay the wicked. You go, Sharam, you're asking God to kill people? No, I'm asking God to specifically bring judgment against those who will not turn. This is the prayer that we've been praying in our church body over and over again. That we pray that those who are committing evil would turn their hearts, repent, turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, be saved, uh, confess their sins, and turn from their evil ways. But Lord, if they will not, then we pray that you would remove them and bring them down and judge them however you see fit. And in this case, David's saying, if necessary, slay them. Remove them, just like with Ahab, just like with Jezebel. They're so evil. They're beyond the redemption. Now, you and I don't know that. The Lord knows that. I'm not trying to play God, but I'm saying this is what we're called to do. But we we are called to hate that which God hates with perfect hatred. So therefore, Islam. Now, let me get to uh, the latest example of why I get so upset and so righteously angry. I pray that I stay in that boundary that we just talked about with Islam. Someone sent me a uh, press release. As many of you know, I have been in the state of Minnesota. Um, in fact, I'm going back in April, and, and this, it will be my fourth trip in the last eight months. I was there in August, in September, in November, December of 2017. I'm going to be back again in 2018, probably more than just April. And um, as many of you know, uh, we're going to be doing, uh, Brandon's doing Worldview Weekend conferences there in, in Bloomington, Min- uh, Minneapolis area. Uh, April the, uh, I want to say the, is it the 8th? Yeah, April the 8th, the Sunday night. That's, of course, on the Worldview Weekend uh, website, worldviewweekend.com website. And I'm going to be speaking with Brandon and Dr. Jimmy DeYoung there uh, Sunday night. Uh, and then Monday we're going to be in uh, um Milwaukee area. So again, go to the website to check, or you can also, of course, uh, check it out on our website. If you happen to be on our website listening to this podcast, you can go under our calendar and just click there and you'll see the dates and you'll see the information we'll be speaking. And in Bloomington, I'm going to be actually giving a message on the Trojan Horse of Interfaith Dialogue. Now I'm going to be giving this example. Believe you and me, I'm going to be giving this example. So here's the example that is there because Minnesota is a hotbed. Minnesota is a hotbed not only for, for Islamic jihadism, but Minnesota is a hotbed for interfaith uh, perverseness. It is, the, it is what most churches are doing. So here's the, uh, the, the, the article that I've linked for you in the notes page from CARE Minnesota. 
Now, remember, CARE is the Council on American-Islamic Relations. CARE is a front group for the Muslim Brotherhood. CARE is an unindicted co-conspirator in the largest terror financing trial in American history. CARE basically is Hamas doing business as CARE in America. So here's the title of their press release. Muslims, Christians, and people of faith launch path to fight Islamophobia. Really? Christians and people of faith are joining in the fight against Islamophobia? Now, what is Islamophobia? The claim is Islamophobia, which is a term that was created by the uh, OIC, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, the largest uh, Muslim organization uh, in the United Nations, 56 nations, including if you, if you throw in Palestine, uh, which of course is not a nation, you'd have 57 members. And they created the term Islamophobia to basically create the environment where they can get hate speech laws passed, like they're trying to do in Canada right now, the resolution against Islamophobia in Canada, which is not yet uh, binding in the sense of law. It doesn't have the ability to, to charge people yet, but it will. That's where they're going. That's where uh, Mr. Trudeau wants to take it, uh, just like in Europe with defamation of religion laws. So they want to not only put a label on those of us who are warning against Islam and saying Islam is evil, but they want to criminalize it. So here's what their press release says. Uh, and this was this was actually just recently held February 1st, Thursday, February 1st. They had a press conference announcing this in Minnesota. More than 100 Muslim, Christian and faith leaders from across Minnesota are collaborating on a shared fight against Islamophobia in the state. They are launching this effort through a press conference, solidarity rally and phone bank to engage thousands of Minnesotans of faith to caucus their shared values and vision for the state. Now, where are they having this kumbaya garbage powwow? They're having it at the Dar al-Farouk Islamic Center in Minneapolis. Well, this is in Bloomington, Minnesota. What is the Dar al-Farouk Islamic Center? I will put a link in the notes. The Dar al-Farouk Islamic Center is actually... A, a, a mosque that has uh, that is the Muslim Brotherhood owned mosque and it is tied uh, and and our friend Leo Holman from World in a Daily actually did an article on this a, way, a, a ways back and uh, I believe if I'm correct at least six jihadis are tied to that mosque particularly Somali jihadis these are predominantly Somali Muslims who attend this mosque in Bloomington Minnesota and. The effort is between, it says, this is a collective effort between the Minnesota chapter on the Council on American Islamic Relations, CARE, and Isaiah and the Isaiah Muslim Coalition. And why, why are they doing this? These organizations and others have been building intentional partnerships between the Muslim faith communities, Christians, and others around our common values and our shared vision for Minnesota. Really, shared vision. Because... A lot of the Somalis that, that uh, you speak of in, in Minnesota, in the um, Cedar Rapids area or in St. Cloud where I was at, they will tell you, uh, just as uh, Center for Security Policy did a poll a couple of years back, that over 51% of the Muslims in America would prefer Sharia law over American laws. They believe that Sharia law should be governing America. So is that the shared vision for Minnesota to have Sharia law governing? 
is the shared vision and common values. So Muslims and Christians have common values again. Here we go with the common word, the common this and the common that. It goes on to say this work of living into love, justice, and compassion for our neighbors and a commitment to full participation in our democracy has provoked some politicians and people to launch a divisive and hateful attack on Muslim people's right and responsibility to engage fully and powerfully in civic life. And what's the opportunity? Imams, clergy, and faith leaders will share their stories and also be available for interview immediately following the press conference. By the way, Isaiah is a statewide faith-based nonpartisan organization for Christians, people of faith, and congregations to act and fight faithfully for racial and economic justice in Minnesota. So do you get what's happening, folks? The interfaith, ecumenical, lukewarm, naive, and compromised, make-me-vomit so-called Christians— are once again coming to the aid of the Muslim Brotherhood and of care, giving them political cover, religious cover, helping to promote interfaith events that then are going to uh, combat Islamophobia. And in doing so, they're equipping these so-called interfaith and Christian leaders to actually come against anybody that is righteously warning against the dangers of Islam, both spiritually, which is what our ministry does, spiritually the Lord has laid it again and again and again on my heart that I must declare Islam to be an antichrist spirit. And in our next program, I will make the case for you why, why we must hate Islam with a perfect hatred if we're Christians. Again, one more time. I didn't say hate Muslims. If you're tuning in halfway through the program and you heard Pastor Haiti and say, we should hate Islam, you're thinking, what? What is he saying? No, no, no. I didn't say hate individual Muslims. I said hate this ideology. The false God, the false prophet, the false religion, the false teaching, the false Quran, everything that is false about it. And I'll make that case for you in the next program. But I want you to understand what is happening here. I have highlighted for you in the new DVD, The Trojan Horse of Interfaith Dialogue, we highlight this. I've highlighted it time and time again that what we're beginning to see now is these lukewarm interfaith churches, the Lutheran this and Episcopal this and the Methodist this and the, and the, and the, and the Universalist this, uh, particularly the, 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 the ELCA part of the Lutheran church and the Catholic churches, bringing in Islamic leaders and bringing in not just any Islamic leaders, but now openly they're bringing in CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. This happened in Washington State where I'm based, where they had what was called a roadshow. Up and down the state, up and down the I-5 corridor, church after church after church, hosting members of CARE coming in and teaching these quote-unquote Christians uh, uh, the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center hate list, the Islamophobia Network hate list, which, by the way, the Till Project Ministry, the T Truth and Love Ministry is on both of those lists. We have been deemed a hate group by the SBLC. We have been deemed a hate group by the Council on American Islamic Relations. I have had the Council on American Islamic Relations, uh, their national leaderships di directly speak out against me, directly call me uh, a hater and a bigot and Islamophobe and one, <coughs> excuse me, who is inciting violence and, 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 and calling for, for Christians to attack Muslims, which is absolute garbage and a lie from the pit of hell. 
These are not average Muslims. These are the deceivers. And these so-called Christian leaders are opening the doors to their quote-unquote churches and allowing these Muslims to come in, allowing care to come in and poison these lukewarm, naive, and compromised Christians. Deceived, weak-kneed. Some of them, more than likely, are not even Christians. They're turning them. They're poisoning them. Against who? Against you and I. True Christians true Christ followers, and true patriots who care about this nation, our national security, and more importantly, we care about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. And again, in the next program, I will spell out for you again why Islam is an existential threat to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Existential. I've covered it before, I've covered it again, because you know what? As long as this garbage is going on, in Minnesota or other parts of the country, like in Washington State and across this nation, across the world, as long as this stuff is going on, we have to continue to speak it and shout it from the rooftops and cry out to the Lord, Lord, save your true Christians, save your true people, save your true church, Lord, the remnant, sh- preserve them, shield them, protect them, and expose those who are false, expose the wolf among sheep, expose the false shepherds, expose the false church, because as we know in Second Thessalonians, it says that the man of lawlessness will not be revealed and the Lord will not return until there's a great apostasy or a great falling away. And if these are true Christians, if these are real Christians in some of these churches, and I grant you that there, there probably are some that are saved, I would say that you're going to see a great falling away that before our very eyes. So remember, what the enemy is using strategy is the strategy is to come into the churches, turn the fake or or lukewarm Christians against true Christians to deem you and I as enemies of the state, to deem you and I as enemies of religious freedom or tolerance, uh, uh, to, to deem you and I as enemies of, of true Christianity. Because why? Because we're warning people about Islam. Because we should hate Islam with a perfect hatred for what it teaches and what it does to people. And what it has done in its 1400 year history. That's the strategy. It spiritually compromises the nation and our churches, and it compromises the nation in a national security way. Because then the next thing CARE will turn around and do, like in South Dakota that I just got word, is they will hold an interfaith event at the Capitol, and they've done it in Washington State, they've done it in Minnesota, they're doing it across the country. An interfaith event, well, again, the Muslims will bring in the the, the so-called Christians and the so-called Jewish leaders and the so-called Baha'i leaders and so-called Hindu leaders, and, and those leaders will, will then give cover to the Muslims. Meanwhile, the Muslims are hiding and laughing, and once they get the upper hand, like in Europe, guess who they're going to turn on? Guess who the Muslims will turn on? They will turn on the so-called Christians, the so-called feminists, the so-called LGBT community. They will turn on them. And they will establish Islam according to their teaching as the final religion. That's what's going to happen for a time. As I mentioned at the beginning of this program, the good news is I guarantee you that God His wrath for Islam is being poured up, being stored, and he will pour it out, and he will destroy Islam in the end. It will be destroyed. But how many Christians are going to be sucked in? How many of our children are going to be indoctrinated in the schools? 
How many of our churches are going to be compromised until that time? Only God knows. Let you and I stand as true believers in faith and hate with a perfect hatred, with an utmost hatred, what God hates. Join us again on the program next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.